0: ...where they had butchered the starved mules, the accumulated diesel fumes from the ambulances that sped down the holes, the stink of urine and vomit and rot rising off of a thousand hospital beds, that was the air they breathed in, choked on, expelled, gagging, breathed in again. This was the air they slept in, ate in, tried to think in, the air they cried in and spat out, sick, their mouths tasting like metal. And no matter how foul and putrid and used up the air became, their bodies forced them to breathe it in again against their will. She remembered how their head surgeon, she had liked him, really liked him, a decent fellow from New England, all Adam's apple and freckles, with a young wife back home and their first baby on the way, had gone stir-crazy suddenly one day, escaped from their grasp, and, ignoring their cries to stop, opened the door to the tunnel and stepped outside only to be shot instantly. After that, the Japanese had allowed nurses and officers twenty minutes outside each day. At first, they couldn't believe it. The very thought of feeling the Pacific breezes again, of feeling the sun on their faces, even for a short time, filled them with hope. But then there was the horror of what they saw. Not just the bloated body of their fellow surgeon, but the hundreds of other dead and decaying bodies, flies rising off of them in swarms, rodents feasting on their sunburned flesh, an endless carpet of carnage along the road leading up to Malinta, Military dead sprawled alongside civilian men, women, and children, the refugees who had fled to the Americans, to the last safe place, but had arrived after the great door had been shut. All had been bombed mercilessly by their aggressors, and now their rotting bodies filled the air with a reek worse than the tunnel's filthiest recesses. Kay had seen the black, rotted face of a baby looking up at her with missing eyes, still strapped to its dead mother in an incongruously beautiful orange wrap. Kay had thrown up, cursing the Japanese for their brutality, cursing herself for still being alive— This, then, was the generosity of the Japanese. This was the demoralizing purpose of their twenty minutes of freedom. When the Japanese refused the Americans' request to bury the dead, stating that anyone attempting it would soon join their ranks, the Great Gate was closed and barred. Kay never ventured outside again. She would rather die. She was about to get her wish. Kay didn't need to dress after climbing down from her bunk. She was already dressed in the same nurse's uniform she had put on. She shook her head at the very thought. Back in 1941. Another explosion went off somewhere above them. The compression sucking her skirt around her legs. The change in pressure playing with her ears. She had to swivel her jaw to clear them. She walked toward the hospital laterals, where hundreds upon hundreds of cots were filled with wounded soldiers, lined up and growing smaller in the lamplight like some gruesome study in perspective. On her way, she passed two ensigns fumbling with their telegraph equipment in the heat and glare of a huge standing lamp, adjusting knobs and tugging on wires. Kay, who had worked in a telegraph office, summers back home in Mount Carmel could make out... They are coming. Stop. Say goodbye for me. Stop. Stop. She felt the thought that her life was about to stop, that the world outside of Malinta could somehow be even more nasty, brutish, and short than her existence within it, should have filled her with terror. But it didn't. Something must be wrong with me, she thought sluggishly, then shrugged. There was so much wrong with her that it was best it would all be ending soon. She was, life was, beyond redemption. Her patients, the ones who had still been alive that morning when she got there, she had had to call in the orderlies to remove the corpses stuck to the cots with their own blood, were scared. Word of the surrender had reached them. They pulled off rings, stuffing them into her hands, giving her explicit instructions. Give this to Pamela Murphy, Reading, Pennsylvania, to Eloise Drew, Rapid City, South Dakota. Tell her to sell the farm, to marry again, to name him Hank, to remember me, to forget me. Tell her that I love her. Kay nodded soothingly as they spoke, the countless names and places, the frenzied list of last wishes passing through her consciousness unheard. What did these men think would happen to their nurses? That the Japanese would send them home, unscathed, laden like pawn shops with their silver...